Shut up and sit down. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Lifelong Learner with Janesh. Today we have John Englander as our guest. Welcome back everyone to another episode of Lifelong Learner. So today I am joined by a good friend, John Englander. Thank you for uh, joining us today, John. Thank you. So John, um, John is a master of many talents and I'm going to rattle off a few and then I'll throw it to John to fill in the blanks. Um, John, not only a, a father and a partner, uh, is the founder of... Uh, father and partner in life in general, not just this business, but the founder of our planet Earth. And I'll get John to explain planet Earth a little bit, a little bit later. It's a, in layman's terms, on my end, it's a cleaning company with a very, very big difference um, that they're making. Uh, John is also a very outside the box thinker, which. Um, those that know John will always enjoy the conversations you have with John, uh, and an avid storyteller. I don't think I've met someone um, that can tell a story as good as John, and very, you're very captivating. So, John, thank you for uh, for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So, John, fill in the blanks. Um, I know I gave a really broad stroke uh, kind of intro to yourself, but tell us a little bit more about yourself and what are you currently up to? Wow. Well, it's a Planet Earth cleaning company. It's a business that uh, helps organisations in terms of a chemical-free approach to cleaning office buildings and making it healthier. So uh, that's that's a really important one because it it, it actually leads on to many aspects planet no toxic and people no toxic and so it Mm. it kind of allows clients like ours to choose us as the impact they want to be uh literally just by choosing planet earth so that's right there but what am i up to i'm up to a lot of things i you know i love my music i love my cycling uh i you know, I dabble on the piano. I'm really bad at it, but I enjoy it. And and I do know that layer by layer by layer over the years, you know, by pushing hard, that eventually I just get better at that. Maybe not a concert pianist, but it's okay. Uh, and I've, I don't know, I explore quite a few things. Uh, at, you know, just recently picked up a new chess set that I hadn't played chess for 20 years. And I thought, you know what, just get that brain stimulated. But, you know, high energy Stimulus is really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to add to all of this. All of this came together. I reckon, you know, for me, I've always wanted a quality life and quality is different for different people. For me, it's fulfilment. For me, it, you know, and uh, the word success doesn't actually cut it for me because I think that means you've got success and then the opposite to that's failure. Mm-hmm. And that's, that really is very painful and almost harmful. So fulfilment, the kind of brings it together with a whole lot of aspects of me wanting to be a contributor, me wanting to be creative. Income streams are a great thing and having fun and adventure all brought together. Mm-hmm. So, and I love to help people see that too. So it's so that they don't see it, oh, I need a big house and I need wonderful cars in my underground car park, but rather to actually live life fully. Yeah. Uh, there've been a lot of falls in my life. So I think you just, from my perspective, the falls have been great because it's made me truly understand the good stuff and where I'm leading to. Mm. Uh, just to actually um, just bridge on your falls, what would you say your biggest learning or most valuable lesson you learnt from one of your falls? Does 
Okay, so when I built the largest IT company of its kind in my mid-20s, and by the way, I am bringing it up for a reason, not to make a big deal of myself. It really doesn't matter. I was a big reseller Mm -hmm. for one of the top brands uh, in the 80s. So it kind of shows my age. But I was 25 Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, within four years that business grew. And and someone asked me the other day, you know, how many did you have in the sales team to combat your competitors? Mm -hmm. And I went, um, they're looking at him. So um, I just worked out a formula that would support our clients and make them, the most important thing was actually to have a support group in my company. Mm-hmm. Selling was the easy bit, making sure that you look after people so then they talked to other people about who you are, right? Yeah. So that seemed to be the momentum. But when Olivetti, which was the typewriter brand that became a PC brand, the second largest manufacturer in the world next to IBM, mm-hmm. lost its market profile, it started to sell directly to my clients. Get this, under my buy price. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, so a great business Mm -hmm. that fell over as a result of it. Couldn't stand a chance if they were selling less than what they were selling it to me for. Yeah. What did I learn? Own the brand. Mm. Whatever I do, you know. Mm -hmm. So, well, try to, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other thing too is always know where the market is. There's no point being passionate about something uh, and you're wanting to make a living. Then it's a hobby. But if you're passionate enough and you're making a living, there better be a market for it. Otherwise, you, well, I think there better be a market. I'm not Tim Minchin. We'd be happy to be poor doing the theatrical stuff. I'm very theatrical, but I also yeah. like the balance. Yeah, yeah? definitely. Definitely, right? Yeah. And so taking that into account, how did, um, how did Planet Earth, uh, how, what was the inception? of planet earth and kind of where did it start and where did it drive to go you know what there's that uh to to create a a commercial cleaning company uh with a very big difference yeah sure good question uh look i never thought i'd be in cleaning i I don't think as a child i'd grow up and go oh one day uh so (laughs) (laughs) but but when my when my business crashed and I was looking for a job and I, my self-esteem was so low because I kind of, my sense of who I was was related to this big business, uh, which is, when looking back, doesn't make sense, but that's what it did. I was still very young and, uh, you know, needed to develop still from, from that point of view. So um, I got a job eventually and I don't know, I accepted less money because I just couldn't talk myself into a job. As good as I was before communicating, I'd lost all that. And so the moment I had this job, it was a good idea because I got started again. It's like everything, get started. And uh, and when I got started, it, I got my self-belief back because I was starting to talk to people because I was in a place to do that. And often people go, oh, I'm not confident to do that. Well, guess what? I had no confidence, but my confidence came from doing. And once I got started, that was fine. The only problem was I didn't enjoy working for someone and getting direction from someone else. Mm. Uh, clearly, I needed to be in business, but when? I was approached by someone in cleaning and he said to me, hey, John, can you help me grow my business? I went, hang on, I'm not, I'm not in cleaning. I'm an IT guy. Uh, once again, the ego. Um, and so in my case, you know, because I look back and think about what ego does to us. Um, and how proud we can be, and it's so unnecessary, and that's why I don't like the word success anymore, but fulfilment. And so it's all those learnings along the way from experience 
And I said, uh, I said to Andrew, let me think about it. A um, couple of days went by and I thought, hang on a minute. Technically, cleaning's easy. Business has its challenges. What if I got involved and grew it? So I went back to him and I said, you know, I've got no money, but I wanted to be back in business. I said, I'll tell you what, I will double your business that you've had for 10 years within 12 months. And for that, I want half the company. So that's sweat equity. Mm. So being a smart ass, maybe that, that's what I wanted to do because I figured if I can't do it, okay. He walks away with some new clients that didn't cost him. I can do it. I've got my business, myself a business for nothing yeah. by yeah. just putting in the effort. After that, um, I just it was really interesting. Him and I weren't getting along because I was growing the business. Within three months, I grew it by half, fifty yeah, wow. yeah, percent. And uh, and I didn't really expect it because I knew nothing about the industry. But it's so simple. Back then, no one was even giving proposals. They were writing a, a figure, a dollar figure behind a business card when they went and did a quote. Yeah, wow. You know, and I came from IT. We were very professional, and we mm. would put things together, and we had contracts with clients, proper contracts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one thing led to the next and then, but he, but what happened was because I was winning business rather than him getting excited, he actually got jealous. He said, you becoming the front man. Oh, wow. That was big. That was tough because mm-hmm. I, all I wanted to do was grow. Mm-hmm. And I thought we had the same sense together. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. one, one of the, one day one of the cleaners didn't show up and I thought, you know what, I'll roll up my sleeves and see what it feels like to be in the team, mm-hmm. understand it. And so I did. I rolled up my sleeves and I recall this moment in a toilet cubicle. I wish I was videoed because my wife would never believe that's possible. (laughs) (laughs) But the moment I opened up the chemicals, the fumes came out. And I talk about this a bit because I was so naive to think that clean products and toxic weren't related, but they were highly never cleaned. Just knew, I just knew what I needed to do, do a good clean. Mm-hmm. That's all. Very, very simple, really. But the fumes were suffocating. And I noticed, I didn't even wear gloves. I mean, where was OH&S back then? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but my, but my skin started to crack. And the burning sensation from the poison mm-hmm. of the chemicals. Wait, that's it. There's got to be a better way. So I went to Andrew and I said, Andrew, I've got this idea. We could replace toxic with non-toxic. It would be so much better for the cleaners. It's just not right that they should be, mm-hmm. you know, um, exposed to this. And he looked at me and he went, we've always done it like this. Are you mad? All right. So that was that was the turning point. That was the moment. And I went, that's it. We can't work together. Can't stand the fact that I'm growing the business. You can't stand the fact that I have seen a healthier way to give ourselves not only a point of difference, but mm. to make a difference, you know? Yeah. So I was out of there. We ended up in a lawyer's office and, yeah, wow. and uh, which was not good, but I, he ended up keeping some clients. Yeah. And I ended up keeping some clients, but only something so small. It was ridiculous. Mm. Like, thousand dollars a year worth of turnover point is when i realized it was toxic for the cleaners it's probably toxic for the planet also mm-hmm. must be good for the planet if i get it right mm-hmm. and that's how planet earth was born if we could replace everything well today we we use equipment that gets plugged into a into the plumbing system and it through electrolysis process converts water into a cleaning product. Yeah, well, wow. it's amazing. 
And uh, so chemical-free, healthier. And, I mean, let's, let's face it, wellness is a, an important topic in the workplace. So, hey, we've covered it all, apart from the fact that people become greener just by choosing us. Mm. Yeah. I didn't know this was going to happen. I didn't know the story of impact was going to be so important. Yeah. I didn't know that there are people who invest in impact and, and look at a company like mine and go, wow, you were really ahead of your time. But I didn't even think about it that way. It just seemed logical. Yeah. And yeah. so, and just from knowing you as well, so impact is a, a big part of your world, right? And even mm. that story is, um, how does that, how does it impact not only environment, but in how has that flowed into other areas of your life in terms of people, <laughs> relationships, uh, just like, again, share, share with our listeners, um, yeah, how does it, in every aspect of your world, impact is there? I know that because I know you. Um, but, yeah, share that for, for our listeners. Thank you. I, I think you're on, you know, you're right on it, uh, impact. So from my perspective, people matter mm. a lot. In fact, that's our thing at work. People matter. Yeah. And understanding my culture, my people, means I can make them really value themselves see their strengths and when they see their strengths and value themselves and that, that means their self-esteem is strong do you think they're good for themselves mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. do you think they're good for the organization for sure and then brought it together and you have this thread this general theme of i almost call it a united strength mm-hmm. yeah because people Feeling good is the best place to be. When I feel good, I'm in the best place. When you're feeling good, you're in the best place. How can you not do great things? And then you get clarity. And then you don't, and then you know, understand calmness. Mm. And you have clarity, which are the three things, you know, calmness. You've got your health, you, and you've got clarity, and you feel good. I mean, it's just, it, it might sound ridiculous. It's not. It's, it makes sense. Now, if people matter, people around us matter, my culture, absolutely, because they're all feeling it that way. We talk, we're very sensitive about each other. We want everyone to be the best they can be. Uh, you know, you walk into my office and people can't believe this connection. It's mm. it, Do I call it family? I don't know. I think that's a bit overrated. But, you know, the connectiveness is there, human connectiveness. And then it, it relates, of course, back to the planet. Because why do we care about the planet? Should it matter? Well, the way I see it is if we look after the planet, we're looking after ourselves and it comes back to people matter. Yep. And planet matters and planet matters because people matter or maybe it's a complete circle, you know, just Mm. the way it is, you know, circularity of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, I think it's invaluable. Yeah. So you mentioned um, with your, like your culture and your team, there's a uh, high sense of connectedness. How would you describe uh your culture if someone walked in um walked in and they were looking at your at your team how would you describe it and what is um like that is like uh, i know that in in workplaces that it's it's not it's not a common uh not common practice right like a a tight-knit workplace is is not a common practice right so Mm -hmm. um 
what what do you do to create that? And I'm a firm believer it comes from the top um, in terms of they, they hold accountability to it and they, they create the parameters to, to foster that and, and, and to grow that. Um, so I'm mm. curious to know, how, one, how would you describe your culture? And two, what do you, what do, you do to plant the seeds? What seeds are you planting? Oh, goodness. Um, a solid culture. Yeah. A, a culture that has character. A culture that um, that yeah, it, it's it's character. It's it's with uh, it, the word care seems almost underrated, but the character of care, the character of being meaningful. What you know, the point that we exist, um, attempting, thinking about being humble, thinking about egos out don't belong here. Assholes don't belong here. We won't have it. We won't tolerate it. You just can't put people down. Just can't. You can bring them up, not down. Go somewhere else if you want to be brought down or if you feel small about yourself, but you're not going to feel small there. So I think that's the thing. You're bringing people up. I mean, when when uh, we found uh, an office space earlier this year, uh, we found this um, loft, beautiful timber floors, 16-foot ceilings, white, whitewashed floor, floor, um, walls, reclaimed timber tables, uh, everyone working together. But when you walk in, there's a, there's a level of zen, calm. And I, and I was starting to almost, it became funny when I used to say, welcome to Gaia. <laughs> and for those who don't know what Gaia is, it's, you know, the Mother Earth and... So it's, a, it's another place. But there's a level of calm. Clients can be uh, stressed. Our job is to take that away from them. Mm. Our people can be stressed. Our job to take away from them. Our job is to lift people. You know, my daughter is no different. I, my family, you know, we, there's, a, there's a common thing there, you know, and I watched my daughter who has amazing leadership skills and her, you know, her thinking about aspire to inspire, mm-hmm. you know? That's very cool. Where did she get that? You know, I just want to see people feel their own self-worth. Yeah. yeah. Um, to touch on that, and then um, earlier on you said you talked about kind of confidence and self-belief. Um, so currently in today's society, and I said, and I'm, I'm going to ask you if you see it as well, and that, there is, it seems like overall as a whole, um, there's a lacking in this confidence, right? There's a lacking in this self-belief. Um, and we are talking about this uh, bringing people up, right? Um, why do you think there's more people or more things around us to bring us down than to bring us up? Like we know ra- our rational, logical mind knows, hey, look, to bring us up, we're, we're better for it. We're better for it. But um, why? Why is society? I know, like, like misery loves company, right? Um, but like, uh, except for that, like, what? Why is that, right? Um, oh, you're asking me. I should have all the answers, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> like, what's your, what's your, what's your, what's your take on it? Like, um, there's, I think there's two, a couple of things. Yeah. You know, I'll think out loud for a moment, and forgive me if I, I don't, I, you know, it's what I, I believe. I believe that um, people haven't found their authenticity. 
I, I believe when you know more of who you are, it's it's easier to get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we aren't somebody else. We are us. We are ourselves. We'll never be someone else. You see someone else who you'd like to be, but you forget it, right? But you can have parts of them. You can maybe even think about, you know, bringing that on, you know, if, if you can. Like me, I'd love to be it. I'd love to be on the stage like a Tim Minchin. I brought him up before. The reason I bring him up is because he's so damn good at what he does and I'd love that. But then I must, you know, shortly I need to tap into my own qualities. And I have to be Tim. Mm-hmm. I have to be me. Everyone has to be them. So tapping into who you are or accepting Accepting is a big one, right? Mm. Um, I think that's an important one. The other one too is uh, chasing things that, you know, like you have to go to university today. Mm. I mean, my God, if you don't go, who are you? And yet I don't believe that to be true. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Build your communication skills. Become engaging. Mm. You know, um, I, uh, I often when I'm speaking to young people around my, you know, my daughter's late teens, son's just turned 20 today, in fact, and I said, um, you know, they always seem to congregate around me. You know, my daughter says, oh, they always come to you, and I'm like, you know, and have chats. And, and they, they re- I want to be relatable. Relatability is really important. So but I said to them three things, ask them three questions. One is, what's your strengths? You know, what, what do you love doing? where you have your strengths, what do you love doing? And is and if you're looking for a future, is there a market? Imagine you love what you do and there's a market and you're good at it, you know? Why, what's the point of going to uni and saying I'm going to be a lawyer when you can't stand rote learning? Mm-hmm. What's, you know, uh, what's the point, you know? It's... Um, and I think it's interesting that you never, even with no money, when you're doing, you know, I talked about passion and not it's a good idea to get on with it. Mm. But sometimes you start getting on with it with no money. I've been there. Mm. I've never felt poor. Mm-hmm. I've never felt that. I have felt inadequately unintelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think I'm any different to anyone else. And that's the thing too, is to actually understand that other people go through what you go through. Mm. And that's good. You know, I'm saying to my son, you know, a bit of pain in your life, a bit of, you know, um, can work really in your favour. Mm. When I lost a business, it killed me for two years. I was feeling it. Mm. But it may, it makes you better. Yeah, it makes you stronger. And I think, hey, it gives you, sometimes it backs you in a corner that you have to lift yourself up, right? And it, it not only builds that resilience, but it also, it's a kind of that, uh, that necessity, Right, you have that necessity, and then you go. You know what? That pain causes a necessity of going. Let's find another way. Yeah. What's essential? What do I need to do? Mm. You know. But what do you need to do? What is it you need in life that's that important? Mm. Uh, you know, close relationships. Yeah. Mm. Uh, for me, anyway, I can't speak for other people. Um, I asked about three years ago, and maybe I manifested the COVID style of being. Mm. You know, be simple and whatever. If the business was gone. Mm. How would I live? Mm-hmm. What do I need? Yeah. How can I do it smaller, lesser, whatever? Mm. You know, and I, and actually that's kinder on the planet too, because what I do think is if we actually care about what's happening with climate change and the weather and we want 
good oxygen for our children in the future and clean drinking water, which they deserve, we, 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 are, we can be responsible for doing it right and wrong. So I think the right way, whatever that looks like, it's really hard. Mm. Uh, it's hard to believe it. Um, it's really difficult. We're not scientists. And it's also difficult because we want to be comfortable to a degree, right? Um, but less comfortable. What's wrong with that? How big does the house need to be? What if you cut your home down by 25%? Would you live worse? If you, you know, chose an electric car over a petrol or if you went from an electric car to a bike some days, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I made that decision. Thought, oh, it's great. I've got an electric car. But hang on, I can still reduce that, mm. R- ride my bike more. You know, now, that's me. That's not a judgmental thing on other mm-hmm. people, but doing less every time and feeling good for a good reason. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, too, is by comparing ourselves to people that more, the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, ridiculous, right? Because it only disturbs you. So, and if you didn't keep up with them and you had less, less manufacturing, mm. less pollution, mm. yeah. less impact. Yeah. Yeah. And, and more joy. You find the people who don't get caught up in the ego and comparing are just happier. They're, they're off the beaten track, but they're just happier. They're not there. They're just loving their, as you said before, that word fulfillment. They, you look at them and go, oh, wow. They're just, mm. uh, they're, as you said, that they've come to that acceptance, right? They've come to that go, you know, this is who I am. This is what matters to me. And I'm, I'm happy to make that decision, even contrary to public, public opinion, right? I'm going to do me and I'm going to do it really well. Um, yes. And I'm not going to compare. I'm going to have a smaller house. I'm going to move out to the country. I'm going to. I don't mind the commute because this lifestyle is what I want. Um, and they're happier for it. And then you look at the guys who've got the multi-billion dollar home working a 90-hour week and you're like, oh, does your family see you? Do your friends see you? Do you are, are you even happy? Like, question for you, which I don't, I don't necessarily know the answer to this one. I'm happy to... Oh, another one I'll have an answer for. Like, um, these these are all questions that I I ponder as well, right? So without a painful experience, right, is there any other way to determine what is really important? So when a painful experience or challenge comes up, it is easy to, well, I should say easier to reassess. Does this matter? And before we started recording offline, we talked about the notion of what really matters, right? Um, and without without pain, do you think it is possible to really truly determine what matters? I personally don't think. You I mean, we have to. Be, you think we have to be hurt? No, uh, to a little bit, to just to go. Well, without the what do they say? Without the sweet. You know, I oh, sorry. Without the, you don't know the sweet without the sour. Or yeah, something. I yep. think that's how yeah. Like without, like I say that because of, uh, like going to something, some simple things, and going, you know what, like it doesn't really, some things doesn't matter anymore because I'm like, oh. Um, but yeah, what do you think? Do you think it usually comes or through through pain? Or if it doesn't come through pain, how do potential people? How do people get there quicker without the pain? Mm, I don't know. I don't know how to get quicker. I think, all right, this is how I see it. If you want to be, you can be your own personal author of your life. Mm. And then if you look at your life as a good story, 
there's got to be some awful moments because that makes the story interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And you pick up on it so that, you know, uh, what happened? My, my mother saved up forever to take me to Amsterdam to see my family over there from Holland. That's our origins. And I was six years of age. What happened? I lost many months of school. I ended up in the school assembly the, the next year earlier on to go from grade one to grade two. And there's a whole row of seats and all the names get called up to go to grade two. And you get up off your seat and you move to another seat, right? Imagine this hallway and, and the girl in the front on the stage with a microphone. And, but my name didn't get called. I sit just the only kid in this row in grade one. It was, that cut me. Mm. That cut me. No one explained it to me. So I think there's a, this happened because, and it, so to understand a reason is really important. Mm-hmm. That's a journey. And then along the way, you, it, I, I got to secondary school and I was a bit in a coma. I didn't really understand what was going on. I didn't, I, I saw all the subjects we were learning a waste of time. I, I was failing actually and I got out of school in year 10 because uh, the teachers, my parents worked really hard. They, they weren't, they had no, not a lot of money, but they worked hard to get me to private school. We were renting house and the teachers would come to me and say, oh, John, you know, your parents are wasting their money. Well, oh, okay. I went home, I told my parents, I've got a great idea for you. So what's that? I'm going to save you a heap of money. Send me to local state school. But you see, in the back of my mind, intuitively, I caught on to the idea that the anxiety that I got from trying to be someone I'm not Mm -hmm. in a school that was getting you to university Mm -hmm. was actually harmful to me. Now, God knows, right? Mm. But it was sitting around feeling like a failure enough. Eventually, the pain is so hard, I want out. I'm prepared to go from a private school to a state school to get away from that, right? Mm. And I... And uh, when I learned, I needed to understand people and the haves and the have-nots. That's the world. What a great opportunity. That might be just my education. Mm-hmm. So, I, But it started off, the headmaster says, comes to our house from the school and says, I'm really sorry, there's no room in our school. I'll get you into Melbourne High. Well, I don't want to go to Melbourne High. I'm not an academic. Mm-hmm. I want to know how other people live. I want to ride my bike to school. Mm. Uh, he said, well, I'm sorry, stay at the private school. I'm like, no, not happening. So what are you going to do? I said, oh, I've got this part-time job at the local supermarket. And uh, they really like me, so I reckon I'd go full-time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he leaves and mum looks at me and says, what did you do? I said, don't worry about it. He'll be back Next day, that. he rings my mother and he says, I've got a spot for John. Of course. He's a headmaster. Why would he want anyone not to have an education? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got to school. Now, I don't know where that came from. It was the only time in my life I actually got it. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn that from school. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. understood that people, I need to understand people. And I understood him very quickly, didn't I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I got there and I, you know, I used, I used to love talking mm-hmm. with everybody and they loved for whatever reason, suddenly my anxiety disappeared overnight. Mm-hmm. I was this psychologist, you know, or whatever. Not really, not really. But, you know, the guy that you reasoned with. Yeah. Um, and I got into a school fight and the whole school surrounded, the you know, at lunchtime around on the Asheville. I mean, it was like, it felt like hundreds. Of <laughs> and the top dog bully comes and it's about to, you know, get into me. It felt like a jail. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, this kid breaks through the crowd. And he looks and he says, you're going to fight Englander. 
That's exactly how he said it. He said, you fight me first. So I save, right? Yeah. So I look at him and I go, thanks, Spanner. That's awesome. It says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. My God, that year was the best year of my school life. Mm. So failure, failure. Failure came from that to get to that to understand yeah. what's better for me. Yeah. You know, um, things that go wrong. Do you, I don't know what, do you think without some of those without some of those failures we could would think would we get there eventually or would we get there eventually but longer or would we not get there at all without okay. some of those failures? Gonna I think we're all different. Yeah. So let's put it this way. Some people play safe. Yep. I throw I throw myself into things. Yeah. Yeah. So that doesn't make me better, just that's who I am. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but now I've got, as I've got older, I go, hang on, throw yourself into the fire all the time. You've got to be careful here because I know the skin the skin grows back from the burns when you throw yourself in, but yeah. really do I want that? So, you know, I one of the greatest sayings I'd heard from a, a tour guide when I was overseas, he was listening to me over seven days and we got on really well and he said, shoo, uh, you, you take some chances, don't you? I went, yeah, but fortunately, most of what I've started has worked. Mm. Otherwise, you know, but he says, think about this, John. And actually, I'll ask you the question. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between smart and clever? Oh, clever is learning from your mistakes and, uh, and putting it into play for the next time, I think. Look, it's different for different people. And I said semantics, but uh, he said no. He said... He had an accent. He went, John, the difference between smart and clever is a smart person gets you out of a problem a clever person wouldn't have got you into in the first place. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So you ask, can you stop these failures? Yes, you can think about it. Mm. But you might think about it more when you've had too many of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, when they, when one of the universities wrote about me in a book and they, they talked about, tell me about your failures, I went, I used to think about failures, but now nah, I've scrubbed that word out. Mm. It's, called, it's called falls. I said, you know, a little baby in a crib is holding on to the walls and onto the doors, on the handles, and then they fall. Mm-hmm. And then they get up again. Mm-hmm. And they keep doing it again, and they do it again, and they fall, mm-hmm. and they get up again. Did they think for a moment, oh, I can't do this? I've fallen. No. I've fallen. No. Falling is good. Mm. And why, why do you think um, as a whole, general society at times is, is scared of falling? And it could be different sizes, right? Like not saying big falls. Uh, it could be small falls. It could be someone asking someone out on a date. It could be, it could be the, like, you know what, I'm actually going to, quit my day job and I'm going to take a massive loan and I'm going to start that business. It could be could be starting a podcast. Why do you think people are, I'm curious, um, why do you think people are hesitant of falling? Okay, so I, would, I was going to say self-belief, but if you didn't have self-belief and you needed to get started in order to build your own composure of mm. belief, their vision. So their own personal vision. So imagine I'm going to pick up a girl who's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Mm. What if she 
rejects me. You know, we all, we all think that we need to look good. We always need to look good, you know. And you hear that in the way people speak too. They're always talking about, not always, sorry. I, in, I tell you, you know, especially people with very low self-esteem seem to or trying to get that next level up, uh, telling you about themselves. I mean, you're interviewing me today. I, you know, it's not like I throw what I've told you asking questions. Mm. But, you know, um, and I'm really happy about how my life has fold, you know, unfolded um, but, you know, with all the pain. Uh, but these people want to avoid all that. They want to be, they want to look good. Mm, yeah. and, and, and the pain of trying to look good stops them from doing things. Mm. There's a difference between looking good and actually being good, right? Like I think there's, uh, you can be good and do, do things, but the looking good always, it seems like it, uh, for whatever reason, uh, society uh, value puts value on that, right? It's like it comes back to that ego, right? As you were saying before, it comes back to that keeping up with the Joneses, which is, uh, yeah, which is quite interesting. But you know what? You'd agree with me, that yes, absolutely. But you'd probably, I think you'd agree with me. Vulnerability is not a bad thing. I think what that does is it it actually connects. Mm. Oh, vulnerability is great. I think it um, it shows people that you're human, mm. right? Um, mm. I think. Vulnerability, especially as a leader, is uh, is un- underrated, underrated and underutilized. I think, um, mm. and in all sorts, as a leader, as just as a human, right? I think vulnerability is like yeah. just being able to share and be uh, be congruent with yourself um, and drop your facade. Oh, it goes goes miles with family, with friends. Um, with, with business, with the organisation, um, which is interesting. Totally. Yeah. You know, you use the word congruency. It's probably my favourite word in the English dictionary because I believe that's how you contract people's genuineness. From one thing, join the dots to all the things they do. Mm-hmm. How they dress, how they speak, mm. how they live, who they, who they mix with, mm-hmm. what they buy, yeah. you know, how they enjoy life. Like, is there words in their... Words in their message, um, do that, does it match? Does it match the behavior? Does it match totally. the actions, right? Which is interesting. Yeah, yeah good one. Like join the dots. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you've got yeah. to, just, to, just to switch a little bit of gears here, John, got a question. Why do you think in the last probably oh, three to five years, uh, as a whole, definitely, I've definitely seen it as a consumer in Australia, there's been a more of a environmental focus uh, across the board. Um, why do you like? Why do you think that is um, across many industries? Um, it's more, or I see it. It's more front of mind uh, for a lot of people. Um, where, why do you think that is? And why do you, why do you think that is? Uh, where do you see it going? And then to build in that congruency, do you think it will actually change behaviours? Will it just be a oh, we're just going to look good? Uh, or is it actually going to be congruent and actually uh, lead to some positive change of behaviours? What's your thoughts? Mm. Interesting. I think there's three areas here. So first of all, it's cool to be green. can be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, there's a, for some organisations about compliancy, mm-hmm. compliant, mm-hmm. Or, or, and, and compliant linked with looking like you're doing the right thing. An example, 
one of our competitors cottoned on to the fact that we use chemical-free cleaning, you know, using this equipment. So they decided they would do the same. But the cleaners are so into using these horrible things, other products, they actually install it by selling the idea to the client but supply the chemicals. Okay, so, yeah, it looks good. It's compliant. It's all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the owners drive fancy sports cars, um, V8s and stuff. Uh, again, I can't judge people, but if you're going to talk there, do your best. You can't be perfect. You know, if you have a house in the city, you're not perfect. It's all about the tone, how you present it. I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and eco guilt sometimes comes into it. But if you don't have eco guilt, then you're not thinking about it, right? So these people won't have eco guilt. They just say, how do I win business? And from my perspective, that's not a but that's not the power of business in terms of how I see it. Power of purpose is coming from all all directions. Uh, when you get that wrong, we call it greenwash. So nothing to do with washing, right? So it's greenwash. It's, mm-hmm. it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> yeah. We, we can go into a company and we can educate. We can go and talk to their green teams. We can do morning tea talks. We, we can provide them with bin systems, colour-coded bin systems, and roll them out and not charge them a cent. Ecobin. Why? Because I created that product. Colour-coded bin system. Uh, and it's, you know, even the sustainability ingredients of that product, we did a life cycle analysis on it to know how much impact it has on the planet in terms of carbon compared to other bins. You go, hang on, we're recycling. That's good, isn't it? No. What about the product you bought in the first place? Mm. Yeah. And so if we can help people understand that, and that's what we do, uh, that goes a long way. Uh, So, um, okay, so you've got the people that are compliant. You got the people who think it's cool. I think it's cool. I like it. I think I want it to be cool. It's, it, it's a good driver. Um, and then you've got people who are recognizing that they will choose companies that are genuine. They will choose companies that are actually looking for low impact. You know, uh, and I, I see that with the people we talk to, but we need more of it. And I think part of it is that. Not everyone still understands what's going on with climate change. And and when people turn around and say, well, you know, it's not only human intervention, the planet does it anyway. Yeah, okay, fine. But why add to the problem? Why add to it? And don't our kids deserve us not to add to the problem? What have we done in the last 200 years since the Industrial Revolution? We've done more harm in 200 years than 1,000 years. Yeah. 2,000 years, 3,000 years. 4,000 years since, you know, whatever, and how many billions. So it's, uh, where's the sanity? You know, we, at what point do we go, okay, this is not like a false vitamin tablet mm-hmm. that we're taking with, I think it's a good idea. No, it's impacting on our lives. Better do something about it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we change habits? And how do we how do we recognize the difference between one good thing, bad thing, and replacing with a another thing or nothing at all? So the choice is there. Why would you go? You know, if you're stuck and you're really desperate for a caffeine fix, and you go to a coffee shop and you didn't have your um, your cup from home that you bought a coffee, just tell the guy behind the counter, "I don't want a lid." Mm. 
you know, easy. Who needs a lid? Yeah. You know, going for a walk. I don't even want the lid. It's in the way, you know. But not only that, it's, it's another thing to throw out, another thing that got um, manufactured. That's the point. People say it gets recycled. So what about coffee pods? And then you and then hear about coffee pods that are compostable. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, but why did it have to be made anyway? Mm-hmm. You know, you can buy a nice coffee machine, buy a decent coffee machine, and put the you know the yeah. cup in the system and pour it out without any extra packaging. Yeah. So there are things we can. It's the way of thinking. Mm. Ask questions. Ask questions. We don't have all the answers, but ask questions. I mean, I hear people go, "Oh, you know, I have my pizza box. Where do I put that?" I said, "Well, it's." landfill because it's got the food stuck on it and the grease mm-hmm. stuck on it it's contaminated mm-hmm. so but if you think about it that makes sense mm-hmm. you know so reducing plastic look i think at the end of the day you know you asked me about a bumper sticker mm. uh, is that what you want to hear yeah so what would you leave what would you leave listeners uh mm. with john to um either to do to ponder to uh to try, um, what? Yeah, what would you leave them with? Uh, I tend to swap out, swap, swap the things that really have bad impact with things that have better impact. Or, the, I mean, you're interviewing at the moment. There's a great quote behind me that says, "It's not an investment if it's destroying the planet." But I really, underlyingly, ask ourselves what matters, what really matters. I said, I thought people mattered. Planet matters because we look after the planet for people. So the, a great quote, things that matter most should not be at the mercy of things that matter least. Yeah, that's awesome. I would, uh, on, your, on your swap things, I would, uh, we think about, I would like our listeners to think about uh, swapping Kind of, we talked about a lot of different topics today, and I think all of those think about a potential swap on how would you make it better, right? Yes, your choices in terms of your how you consume, but also how you live. What what do you choose? Swap? What do you choose that matters, right? I think it, uh, especially now uh, in in Victoria and Melbourne and um, across the country here in Australia, where, where there is uncertainty, so there's it's time for reflection where you get to choose to go, ah, oh, I might choose now what matters, right? And when we get out of stuff, they go, oh, I might not go back to actually now I'm making coffees at home and I have a cup and I can wash it. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to take this cup with me uh, next time I go out so I can actually get it filled somewhere. Or, oh, you know what? These people during lockdown, I did made an effort to, to keep in touch with them because they matter the most. Mm. Um, I think people sometimes when they when we come out of these things go back to go back to their normal but might not be their their what what was best for them. It goes back to keeping up with the Joneses, right? And they're like, mm. um which is interesting. And I think it's uh it you can use this time to to reflect and to evaluate um what is important. What really matters. How do you want to spend your days? Who do you mm. want to spend your days with and um in the, some of our previous episodes, we've asked, how do you want to be remembered, right, is a really good one, I find, in finding out what, what, do, you put, what do you put value on um, for what matters in your world. 
Mm, absolutely. It's a good one. Yeah. John, what's, yours? what's mine? I would say currently is um, currently. Mine, mine evolves. Mine evolves at the moment uh, is always. Oh, this one's probably the most probably stuck with me. Always play. Always play. Play in everything you do. I think play is underrated. Um, play, play with kids, play with family, play with colleagues, play in business. And when you're playing, like think of when we were kids, you play, you play just to have fun. Um, play, play life, right? Life is made to be fun, right? So play. Don't, yeah. don't be a spectator, just play. Um, so yeah, play, play, always play for me. Yeah, good one. I like it. I like it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Ve- thank you very much, John, for uh, joining us. And I think there's definitely going to be, there's definitely going to be a part two and hopefully we do the part two in person because I think we could probably talk for hours um, and we, when we do, <laughs> when we catch up. So, we do, yeah. um, and oh, thank you so much for kind of imparting your, your wisdom and sharing your thoughts uh, with our listeners and um, taking time out of your day to join us today. Oh. I'm totally delighted and if it just allows people to think more abundantly and flourish, then then I've done my bit again. So thank you for the opportunity. No, thank you very much, John. And, mm. um, yeah, we'll definitely do a, um, a, a, a part two. And, John, um, where is the best place, and I'll put, put them in the show notes as well, where is the best place for people if they want to connect with you? How would you suggest people connecting with you, just through Planet Earth website or what would you suggest? Oh, you know, I'll give you the simplest. Um, probably just John at theplanetearth.com.au. Easy, you know, the planet Earth, you know, uh, and uh, J-O-H-N, simple. Yep, John at planetearth.com.au. I'd love that. If you've got any ideas or you want to share some ideas, and uh, yeah, I'm there. Thanks. Great. Thank you very much, John. Yeah, so happy. Be good. Yeah, will do. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Lifelong Learner. If you liked our episode and what you heard, please leave us a review on uh, the platform that you've been listening on. And to find out more about us, please tune in to lifelonglearnerpodcast.com and you can find out some updates about what's happening and get updates on as episodes drop. Thanks again.